The Kansas City Chiefs win Super Bowl 58 in overtime. Things get out of control Saturday at the Waste Management Open, and the Phoenix Suns make some roster moves. Welcome to your Valley Sports Plug Roundtable. I am your host, Chris Patrick. It is Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. Thank you for tuning in or listening back on the replay. We appreciate you. Joining me tonight are the LeBron James and Dwayne Wade to my Chris Bosch, Michael Benjamin, and VSP Tallman. What up, fellas? Hey, at the end of the day, he is a Hall of Famer. Chris, what's going on? Tallman, how are you feeling tonight, man? Oh, doing good, guys. I love it. So I'm D. Wade. I don't know why you dogged yourself, gave yourself the Chris Bosch uh, title there. Uh, but I'm feeling good. Uh, Taylor Swift season is over. So I don't uh, how, how am I going to be able to track every gosh. single move Taylor Swift does now? Do, do you guys know? There's a there's an X page for that, my friend. Ooh, not my it's not my type of X page though. Oh man, well <laughs> oh shit, keep going, go. I'm I'm in charge of deleting Tallman's search history if he dies suddenly. Hey, that's part of the production team. Yeah, it's it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Get the production team out there. Well, speaking of the production team, we were toying around with the idea of mixing up the Tallman ticket next season. Because joining us, we do have some guests, including our newest and greatest guest in the past few uh, streams here in the last few roundtables. Holy shit. It's Mr. T Jr. <laughs> boys, boys, boys. Uh, God, I wish we were getting rowdy like a Saturday at fucking Waste Management, but... Here we are on a Tuesday after working fucking ten hours, and but uh, good to, good to see you guys. It's it's going to be fun to see what you guys have to say about some of the uh, shenanigans that went on in the Super Bowl and some good old drunk drunk videos on Instagram and some viral fun stuff from <laughs> what was supposed to be a golf tournament. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, went to a party and a golf tournament broke out. It's crazy. Um, also joining us tonight is another returning guest of ours, Mr. Nico Woodruff. What up, guys? Um, you know, just still reeling after that boring ass first half of Super Bowl play. Uh, thank goodness for the second half because man, that first half felt like watching paint dry. Hey, yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a tough game to watch. I kept telling Tallman and uh, Mike over here, like, this is just a terrible game so far. Absolutely terrible. And luckily, was pretty exciting at the end. And uh, we do have a pretty packed house tonight. Might even have a few other guests trickling in as the night goes. But last to introduce here, but very much not least, our resident L.A. Dodgers fan and insider, Raymond. What's up, bro? What's up, dudes? Happy to be back. Super excited to chat some sports. Let's get to it. Yes, sir. And since we have so many people, we're going to do this kind of freestyle. I'm not, I'll throw out some questions here and there, try and get everyone involved. But if you got something to say, jump right in and say it. And that goes for everyone listening and watching. Let us know in the comments over either on the live stream or tune in back. Let us know what you think. We're always curious to know, but we'll start right at the top. The Kansas City Chiefs did win 55 to 22 over the 49ers in overtime. It was a McCole Harmon, Hardman walk-off, I believe it was, and uh, kind of not quite the shootout we expected it to be, but still ended up being entertaining in the end. I just got to wonder, though, like, this is now the Chiefs' third Super Bowl win in the last five years. Guys, are they officially a dynasty? I think without a question, they're a dynasty. I think you've been to the Super Bowl how many times in five years? You've won it three? 
I mean, you kind of got to be a dynasty at this point. This is we're looking at the, you know, for lack of better terms, like, you know, the Patriots from 10 years ago. It's just no matter what Andy Reid gets, he molds into some sort of golden statue and it's impressive to watch. Damn, okay, I might have to drive a little bit more. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, was, <laughs> I thought so. Everybody got wrong. scared for no, a second. I was, oh, I was like, man. damn, like my internet went the fuck out. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it's a dynasty, dude. I think what we're watching with Pat Mahomes is kind of it's unforeseen. Like kind of kind of him coming through Texas Tech and everything. It's it's hard to rule him out, even when he was down 10 nothing. I think I think the 49ers are a great team, but I also think Kyle Shanahan kind of dropped the ball the whole overtime craziness as far as not taking the kick, going second. His We wanted the ball third. I don't know what the fuck that was. So, uh, yeah, I have no idea, but really excited it turned out to that, like as far as it becoming an overtime. And uh, that was definitely good to see because that fucking first half dude was brutal i think that was one of the most boring first halves i've ever watched so uh it was good to see i'm happy taylor swift's now fucking done being talked about too so uh can't complain can't complain at all yeah i don't know i think uh i think on the topic of a dynasty i think that's always a interesting conversation i think the patriots really kind of ruined a lot of people's perception of just how difficult it is to not only win a super bowl but to even get to a super bowl so the fact that the Chiefs were able to do it, um, Holmes and company, it's it's nuts. Didn't the Chiefs like lead the league in most drop passes like for an entire team all season? And then Mikkel Hardman coming from the Jets for I think like a what was it, a 2025 sixth and seventh round pick? Like basically just like, hey, he and he ends up being like the the, the savior of the game. So yeah, I don't know. I think uh I think obviously, you know, it might take another win or two for everybody to compare it to the Patriots. But in regards to Super Bowl history, I think you got to have the argument that the Chiefs are definitely a dynasty for sure. I think the magic number is three at the end of the day, right? That's when all the conversations started to happen, right? If you look at the NBA game, those three peak teams with the Bulls and the Lakers, it's just what that magic number is, I feel like. And you also have to think about the Chiefs as a whole. They've been to six straight AFC championship games. So it's like literally every single year, the only thing is that you're thinking is, oh, I, the Chiefs are going to make it unless they do it to themselves. And they tried, man. They they tried in that first half. It was a struggle. They couldn't move the ball at all. I mean, they fumbled the ball five times. Obviously, they only lost one, but. I think when we were doing our preview of the big game, what I said was it's going to come down to that team that makes that one big mistake. And I think that big mistake was the punt uh, fumble, right? That kind of switched it up. Both offenses started to get in gear after that, but just kind of came down to who had the ball at the end of the day. And did we think that Patrick Mahomes wasn't going to drive them down for a 75-yard <laughs> you know, drive? Like I, I don't think there was any chance for that, so absolute dynasty i'm just i just gotta know how tom is feeling is he really heartbroken because his new favorite team the san francisco 49ers <laughs> you know didn't get this win and i know that 
he was sitting on the couch and was almost shedding some tears. It was a sight to see, guys. Like I, I'm not gonna lie oh, about come, that. Come on, that is that is a little dramatic. No, okay. I was rooting for Brock Purdy. Shoot me now, okay? Jeez, is that a big deal? Uh, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it's a, okay. Hey, all right. I I will wear that. That's fine. Uh, yeah, it was it was tough for 49ers. I mean, that's uh, Kyle Shanahan's gonna wear that. The guy that can't win the big game. Well, this is two Super Bowls uh, with the 49ers that he's lost to the Chiefs, or he's he's lost the Super Bowl with the lead at halftime. Uh, it's and then of course, I mean, it was already mentioned, but what's being criticized like crazy is that uh, choice to take the ball uh, once the one that the coin toss at overtime, and then also his players coming out after the game saying they had no idea about the the playoff uh, overtime rules changes, which man, that just that does not reflect well on Shanahan. So uh, I know he came out, he did a, uh, he did some explaining where he said, no, we went through that. You know, we, we, we practiced, we went through it with the analytics team on what the plan was for overtime. If one did come up in the playoffs, uh, but it just did not look good. I mean, what, what do you think in grabbing that ball when all you had to do is defer to the chiefs, see what they do. And then you get the ball and then, you know, do you need a touchdown to become Super Bowl champs or do you need a touchdown to keep up with Patrick Mahomes? So, um, yeah, poor Brock Purdy, man. He did not have the best game. I know I was like, yeah, he's going to throw for 300 yards and be MVP. That did, you know, I'm, I'm usually wrong with what I say. Um, but yeah, Chiefs Dynasty, man. It's whenever I think of Dynasty, I think of the word fatigue. I, I have Chiefs fatigue. I mostly have Travis Kelsey fatigue right now um, after he assaulted his head coach on the sideline <laughs> oh, um, in the in the middle of the game. I, I know that's that's. It was, it was bad. It looked bad. Had they lost, though, that would have been a huge fucking yes, like, a yes. huge thing where they're like, well, Taylor's a distraction. I almost wish they lost so that they would have just made her out to be some like distraction to him and just blew it up. But yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah I think that was a lot of, a, a lot of something out of nothing. I mean, players get fired up on the sideline and I don't look to my professional football players to be the most stable human beings on the planet either. But I know obviously the the Swifty nation and the just everyone and all the media attention they're getting, it's going to get up to be a story. But more than that, like I thought the, the like Talman said, them not knowing the overtime rules, the 49ers was pretty interesting. I think it was a Chiefs player that said that they had like several meetings on the playoff rules and the overtime rules and how that works. So it's just seems kind of crazy to me that that in all the preparation that you would think a team at that level is would be doing that knowing the overtime rules having your players know the overtime rules wouldn't be one of them um as far as you know kind of the question i threw out there about it being a dynasty i i agree with mike if you win three in the last five and get to the that level six times what the afc championship game six years in a row that's that's pretty incredible and that is definitely a, in a in the realm and the talk of a dynasty if, when you compare it to like the san francisco giants when they were winning world series i think they what they won three in a similar time span so the golden state warriors although they did win i think four total now they did have that dynasty stretch so it's right in that ballpark i think you would call any of those patriots teams and their separate stretches even though it seemed to be one long continuous stretch um a dynasty for sure so it's getting it's getting up there it is but um, I don't know. I guess looking kind of towards the future, Mike, when we did our season predictions, right, way back in what five months ago in September, I, I wrote it down here. You had the Bengals over the 49ers. 
So you did choose the the 49ers to make it. Tallman, you had the Eagles over the Jets. You were uh you were thinking <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers Dude, was gonna what? Dude, yeah, do, that, do you want to walk us through that? Tom? That was probably the worst. <laughs> okay, not only did the the Eagles absolutely spiral the drain towards the end of the season, the 49ers season was over in four plays. Um, or excuse me, um, the Jets season was over in four plays. So, so it's yeah, the 49ers. Yeah, well, oh, no, come on. That, that, yeah, thinking back on that, I don't what what, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> just love you some Aaron Rodgers I, man it's okay I was riding that that train big because that Jets defense you know finally getting a finally, yeah I was like Herm Edwards over there uh it was, no it was, I, I don't I can't walk you through it I don't know don't know what I was thinking what, what was I thinking five months ago it's okay I can help you out a little bit because I was listening to it today while I was uh, kind of preparing for the stream here and you were basically enamored by their defense obviously Aaron Rodgers you thought that was going to be an incredibly good fit. They brought in a whole new offense. This isn't even the same offense you saw last year. And you were said that that was your justification. And it was funny because Mike and I both agreed that Aaron Rodgers is no spring chicken. So don't be surprised. And uh, I just, I don't think anybody thought it was going to happen that early, but last, like just to go finish what I was talking about with the, our predictions, Chev was on that stream with us. He chose the Eagles. He didn't choose anyone to go up against them, I guess. And then I chose the Chiefs winning back-to-back over the Eagles. I, I was talked into the Eagles making the the Super Bowl there, which I don't think is crazy. They just kind of fell apart at the tail end of that season. But all this to say, they they did pull out the two-peat. I predicted it, so I had to squeeze that in there. But, Raymond, how realistic is a three-peat? I think if any other team in the NFL had done a two-peat, I would have been like, absolutely not. Like, it's not going to happen. But – Whenever you got Mahomes, Kelsey, you know, that team, it's like they they just pull wins out of their asses. I, I don't know how they do it. So I think I think right now, if all things stay the same, no big free agency moves, no big trades, no draft day splashes happen. Like I find it really hard to imagine a world where Kansas City doesn't waltz into it at minimum another AFC championship game, if not another Super Bowl appearance. And then from then, obviously, anything can happen, right? So, yeah, I mean, I'd say the chances are pretty high. Um, who was their competition in the AFC this year, really, right? Buffalo really didn't do much. Um, Baltimore, probably their biggest hurdle. Baltimore, yeah, exactly. But then, you know, Baltimore, they forgot their quarterback can run the ball. So they were just like, all right, you know, hey, Mahomes, go, go win it for us, I guess. So. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think if you ask me right now, I would probably say it's probably a pretty good chance that they're at minimum in the Super Bowl for sure. Yeah, I think I think it, I mean personally in asking that question, obviously haven't picked them this year. I do think it's realistic, especially seeing how they overcame their struggles they had at certain positions, particularly the wide receiver position and players dropping passes. If they correct that in the off season and that wide receiver room continues to gel they could be even more dangerous next year. Now, I guess the question is, can they keep that defense, you know, up to park? Uh, was it Chris Jones is going to want a big bag and a lot of money. And, you know, that's what starts happening with good teams as they start running out of payroll. And that's what made the Patriots so great is because they could take plumbers, put them in on the line and have, be successful and make it work. Uh, but Nico, I guess kind of, kind of similar question. Do you think as long as Kelsey comes back, it sounds like he is going to, and Andy Reid doesn't retire that, 
they're going to be right in that Super Bowl conversation again next year. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Let's not forget, like, this Chiefs team got hot when the time was right. Um, this was not a great-looking football team. They lost to the Raiders. Their last loss was to the Raiders. And not not like a good – it was like McConnell behind center for the Raiders. So, I mean, like, it's not like they got beat by someone who's a pro bowler or, you know. You know, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, I think Andy Reid is the biggest key in this outside of Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think as a Cardinals fan, I look back on the opportunity that we had to hire Andy Reid and kind of kicking yourself a little bit now Um, because I do think that that the difference between Andy Reid and Bill Belichick is that uh, a lot of Bill Belichick's teams had Randy Mosses and Chad Ochocinco's and, you know, Julian Edelman's and, like, like good football players and – like Andy Reid had a receiving core that couldn't catch a football 16 weeks into the season. So like, you know, the difference is that Andy Reid makes chicken salad out of chicken shit. So I don't know, man. I think if Andy Reid's there, it's a big thing. Kelsey's losing a step, man. Call it now. I think we're close to the end of that man's uh, like time on top as a tight end. Uh, We'll go down as probably one of the best tight ends in history, especially on the receiving aspect. Um, I don't think he's better than a Tony Gonzalez, but like still one of the best tight ends ever. Uh, I think if Andy Reid comes back, absolutely. You have to put them in a conversation for a Super Bowl. Um, that AFC is not a, a shit division, though, either. Um, that I mean, the Dolphins with one or two acquisitions are a Super Bowl team. Um, you know, the, 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 the Ravens, it always seems to be some sort of coordinator switch that they need to make. But they're a Super Bowl quality team. That that division is not to be trifled with. So, yeah, I think they're Super Bowl contenders. But I, I think, like Raymond said, the Patriots made it seem very easy for teams to get into the Super Bowl. And these these Chiefs teams are doing the exact same thing right now, where it's like, well, yeah, we can pigeon or shoehorn them in for a Super Bowl when that's the hardest thing to do in the league. I agree with a lot of what you said there. And it is it is hard, right, when there's so much parity, especially in the NFL, for a team to do – like Mike just pulled up that article. What it say? No team has ever had a, had a chance to 3 P or no team has ever done the 3 P. No team has returned to Super Bowl for a shot at a 3 P, but don't wow. count out the Chiefs. That surprises me. I guess I thought the Patriots would have done that, but um, damn. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. But, yeah, it is with the Chiefs. I don't think you can really count them out just because of that experience that they have. And I think that's, you know, like you said, they got hot at the right time and that kind of plays into their experience a lot. I, I tend to believe. Um, but Mr. T want to loop you in here. And uh, Nico mentioned there that Travis Kelsey might be starting his decline. I, I think we did see at points this season where it certainly looked at, like that and he turned it on at the end. But would you agree with that sentiment there or uh, how much? And also, I guess, how much does that hinder on him staying with Taylor Swift? <laughs> She's sucking the life out of him, dude. You can tell. <laughs> you can see it. I can see it in him. Uh, yeah, I think he's just he's getting older, man. I think it's one of those things you play a position like that as a, a bigger body dude where he does. He's a very physical player. So I think it's probably 11 years, 12 years. You look at his brother, too, has been playing for a while. So. They've been playing the game for a long time. So he's definitely uh, not that same like Travis Kelsey of like 2019, like coming hot onto the scene where people were like, holy shit, like who's who's like post Rob Gronkowski or like who's the next guy? 
like who's the next big tight end that's gonna and that was travis kelsey but uh dude i think as long as pat mahomes is on that team dude that that kid's got the clutch gene like that kid he's just you cannot count that guy out like i don't care if he's down 17 nothing he's just like that silent killer that you just awaken the beast and that he just comes out and yeah i just i'm still baffled that the 49ers giving him the fucking ball i just i don't i don't get it so but uh yeah i think as long as pat mahomes is on there they're good but i think kelsey's definitely his best years are behind him for sure i i would i would say that's right it's hard it's hard for me to believe that he is as old as he is what like 35 36 he's the same exact age as rob gronkowski uh talman i do have to ask you this though we watched rob gronkowski speaking of which take his uh fan duel kick of destiny and he missed it wide right how disappointed were you <laughs> well first you're you're uh travis kelsey is not that old he's only 34 but he will be 35 at the beginning of the next season um man rob how why wasn't he practicing more that was that was some weird production because it, it looked like a commercial, right? We were both sitting there like, wait, is this, is this real? Is this actually happening? And it, are, are you going to play it? Okay. <laughs> all right. It's, it, he doesn't even look real. That's not, this didn't actually even happen. Yeah. Wait, what the is fuck? it like a green screen? Yeah, he looks, yeah, wait, yeah. Go, can you go back? Like go he looks, he looks like a cardboard cutout. Yeah, it, it literally is a oh, commercial. This looks so fake, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not it's, real. It's it can't be real. Dude, they just superimposed like... him. <laughs> so Dude, he, so basically, what happened was FanDuel figured out which side was favored the most, and they picked the one that was least favored, so that you know they could screw all their all their customers. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, no, that, that was disappointing because I was I was very confident because he was going to redeem himself from last year when he missed. And I thought for sure he was going to make that 25-yard field goal. So I was disappointed. I wanted my free bet, Fandle. Yeah, I, I had him making it because I said, there's no way he's going to miss, right? He's got to have been practicing all year, wants to make this. And what insult to injury after that, they played clips of him practicing and <laughs> nailing them from like 25, 35, no big deal. I got to bring this guy in to, to see what he has to say about it. It's Ian at Dead Boy Donut on Instagram. What's up, boys? Ian, did you watch the Super Bowl? I did. I watched the Nickelodeon broadcast. That was <laughs> no yes. way. Let's go. Yeah, There's some funny shit. That was the broadcast to watch for sure. Yeah, honestly, I'm not. I can't go back to regular sports. You need the slime zone at all times. Yeah, dude. I need Patrick Starr to tell me. <laughs> to firmly grasp it? You have to firmly yeah. grasp it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I've seen some clips. And, yeah, I didn't even know that that was a thing until after the Super Bowl. Uh, but I, I, I do love the Nickelodeon streams. That's that's a good one. Um you were saying though with that uh I don't I don't think you said it yet but on in our little private chat over here you were saying that it looked like Gronkowski was taking those kicks in his backyard. Do you I kind of kind of agree with Tallman that it might have been rigged a little bit. Did that look suspicious to you? I mean if they're green screening it that makes me think that the actual outcome of the kick isn't real either. So, you know, FanDuel's probably like, you know, we can't give out all these free bets so just, you know, have him shank that shit. You know, the magic of right 
that's what that's what i'm saying like they had one clip of him making it one clip of him not and then depending on which way it was leaning they were like all right we take the least amount of loss if he misses the kick so yeah here's here's the clip you get and meanwhile while they're while they're live gronk's in his skybox getting drunk but was not there during the super bowl there's no way so you came at a perfect time, Ian. We have been talking about the Super Bowl and uh, how that turned out. The Chiefs won over the 49ers, of course. But since we're talking about skyboxes now, I do want to mention and talk about the uh, Waste Management Open. The Phoenix Waste Management Open happened up in uh, TPC Scottsdale. Always a party. Everyone knows it's the People's Open. Always fun times. Uh, I think there was a hole-in-one on Friday. Uh, you always get to see the cans and the beers raining down. It's a good, it's a good time at a party. Um, didn't go this year. Uh, I don't think Tallman or Mike went this year, but uh, I guess I'll we'll just go around the horn here. Tallman, uh, what did you make of the the big story coming out of that on Saturday when they had to shut everything down? No more alcohol sales. No more entrances. Yeah. So uh, the big the big topic here is the weather, right? And of any of you guys that have been to that tournament, I mean, there's concrete pass, but mostly people are walking all over the grass. So you, you have all this rain, all this mud, and everybody is just congregating on every little bit of concrete that you can possibly, you could possibly stand on to not go in the mud. Cause I actually did have an opportunity to go Saturday and turn down tickets. Cause I was like, I'm not dealing with that shit. I'm not going to go out there and, get all muddy and try to battle a bunch of people. There you go. See, well, that could have been us. The fuck you talking It could have been right. Yeah, no shit, but it was cold. It was, so I was like, nah, I'm just not going to do it. And anyone that's been there, they know when you come in the entrance, you come in right there at the 18 clubhouse, the 18th green. And basically it was just gridlock. No one was dispersing it. People, you had people trying to get in, trying to get out, people trying to stand and watch golf, trying to stay dry. So it just created absolute chaos. And then there's also talk of, People, when they open the doors on Saturday, they just they just let the herd in. They People are saying they weren't even scanning tickets. They were just letting anybody in. So there was all this concern that the Thunderbirds, people putting on the tournament, didn't even have any idea how many people were actually in, uh, in the tournament watching golf. I mean, I think they stopped announcing. Uh, did they actually come out and announce how many, uh, how many people they had out this they year? They stopped, they stopped after, doing it, right? Yeah, after okay. 2017. Yeah, that makes sense because they probably have no no fucking idea. Uh, but really, it's it was the rain that I think really caused such a big big issue with the tournament. Um, but yeah, stopping the sale of alcohol and closing the doors on Saturday—that's, I mean, that, that's brutal. I, I get it. I mean, you have so many people in there, you can't keep letting people in, and then. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would have been very upset if I could not get a beer Saturday afternoon. <laughs> I mean, at least it was the, the weather was nice enough still on Saturday afternoon. But Mike, with them shutting down the alcohol sales, I mean, you went last year. You have some tales of seeing uh, some patrons there being a little sloppy. Do you do you think that it, that comes as any shock that things got a little out of hand with the alcohol this year? <laughs> no, not even in the slightest. I uh, mean, I can't remember who said it, but somebody was basically saying that well, waste management open is like Coachella for 30 year old dudes, right? It's like, 
just party central. We always know we've known this for years, folks. We've known this for years, but I think one of the bigger concerns as well was uh, Tolman. Did you touch on how they basically stopped che checking tickets and that kind of stuff too? Yeah, there was um, yeah Saturday morning, and then I guess some anonymous security guard that quit on Saturday went on KTR or KTR news station, um, and basically said they were just letting people into the 16th hole. Uh, without checking their ticket or checking their bag through security, which is total crap. I mean, from Mike, I mean, we went last year to the 16th yeah. hole. No, like even if you take off your wristband, they make you pay $25, $30 for a new wristband. If you don't have a, an actual legitimate wristband on, they're not letting you in. And like that place is like Fort Knox. That uh -huh. 16th hole generates $30 million a year. You think they're just going to let someone with a GA ticket what you know walks waltz into the 16th hole now so i don't know how much i believe that but right. yeah that's that was some of the rumors those were some of the rumors right people were saying they were going to the 16th hole they weren't checking wristbands and they were just getting served unlimited like they were getting so overloaded and so overcrowded that they just basically said screw it just pour and get these people moving out of the way so i mean when you have unmitigated situations like that it leads to excessive drinking yada 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 more people with more access to unlimited drinks, you're going to have guys sliding down uh, on the green, right? But it's it's just what we know at this point, right? And the more and more becomes part of its notoriety, even more than it already is now, those younger kids that haven't gone before that are in their crazy party stage, what do you think they want to do? They want to go to the open. They want to ex experience it and be one of those crazy dudes doing it. So not surprised in the slightest, but I am surprised, man, two o'clock on a Saturday getting cut off. Like that's kind of early, man, at the end of the day. Well, and to lead into the other like craziness and the speculation, I saw this other video online claiming to be at the waste management open where it was like a bunch of alcohol, like pallets of alcohol and like, not a very big space, probably like an eight by eight space. And like, and it was just four fences and it looked like the a lock had been cut or something and it was open and people were just walking in and taking cans of seltzers and Coors Light and Miller Light. So I don't know if that's like, it could have been at another event. It could have been at something totally different and they just put waste management open. But regardless, Mr. T, I want, I want to, I obviously yeah. I want to hear what you have to say here. Of all the Phoenix opens I don't go to. This is like the most fucking fun sounding one, dude. What are you, one what are you talking? Like, I get it. I get it. I get, trust me. I have kids. Like I, I understand like, but dude, you know how fucking fun that'd be on a Saturday, just shit house. Like you're like, dude, we just got into 16 and they're not scanning shit. Get as many beers as we can fucking get. I'd look, I'd look at Cody. If it was me and Cody, I'd be like, drink, like drink right now. Drink as much as you can until we get kicked out, dude. <laughs> like, um, I, it did. It definitely tarnishes kind of the, which is funny too, because like I know Liv was going on at the same time in Vegas. So a lot of people with the water, like the water delay, the rain delays and all the shit that went on, a lot of people were watching Liv and all that. So, um, man, it just, I've never seen that many videos from like waste management of like, I've never seen people fucking fighting. I saw a video of fucking people fist fighting, like next to it, like legit fist fighting like multiple people i think on the opposite side of 16 where it's like the 15 walk up like dude i'm it's just it it definitely got out of hand i think the thunderbirds are 
gonna have to fucking come out and say something or they're gonna have to change something to where next year's not gonna be anywhere near like what it was this last past saturday or even friday i mean a lot of it is just i think like cody said a lot of the uh the rain definitely just threw everything the fuck off i think they lost two whole parking lots they said as far as parking so they had to figure out how to shuttle all those people and let me tell you those shuttles suck ass those things are like the biggest deterrent of why not to go to fucking waste management you're like yeah dude it's so much fun then god i got sent on some stupid fucking bus for an hour and 15 minutes so uh i think a lot's gonna change i think it, it's gonna be interesting to see but the videos are, are pretty fucking funny yeah, here we go dude the, it's just it's it's fucking crazy it's just so out of hand to see because i've been to 16 like it's it's a fun environment, man, for people that don't watch golf or not really into golf to have that be the introduction where it's always been like, oh, it's just rich old white man game. You're like, nah, dude, come to fucking 16 on a Saturday. Like you want to see, watch somebody hit a hole in one on golf. Like it's the craziest stuff. So uh, it it's, it's interesting to see how nuts it got. It's interesting having them find that balance between like, that's what, you know, making what that that's what makes it special is the 16th hole, the party atmosphere, but the fine line and the balance of also not letting it get to this point where it's a complete shit show. Talman, I think you made a great point in like the weather being a major factor where people were more concentrated in particular areas where they might otherwise be be able to be spread out. You know, another crazy claim that was made is uh, one of the, I don't know if it was an ex-security person or someone working staff, they said that they estimated that there was half a million people there, which I don't think that's realistic. I mean, Mike, you've talked about how crazy it is to even get to the 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 course because the parking situation is so bad. You got an Uber down there and get dropped off, which I guess is possible. Um but Nico, how how much have you heard about all this shenanigans going on? And uh, do you think the changes will be dramatic next year? So I I know that basically what the Thunderbirds have come out and said so far is that because of the build of the golf course um, and the amount of rain, it was basically unsafe to have. You know, I mean, you're building a stadium on top of rolling hills and all that kind of stuff, like essentially all that soaked water just made it unsafe to have thousands thousands of people. Um, I would assume that they're going to overcorrect on this pretty hard. Um, I'm not sure what that means and what that looked like. If you look at the graphic Mike has up right now, there were zero arrests in 2022 and we have 54 in 2024. So we haven't had this issue. This has not been an ongoing problem. You know, like when you think of the waste management open, you think of, getting torn up with your boys and that dude that rolled the orange in front of tiger woods in like 1999. And that was the reason tiger wasn't there. So I don't know. I I think that they're going to overcorrect and it's going to probably be gnarly, um, which sucks because this is, this is one of the best, one of the best settings in golf as far as I'm concerned. Cause you know, as, as, uh, as was mentioned earlier, golf is the hoity toity white rich man sport. Um, that's not what this is. So I don't know. I uh, personally, I, I think it's going to kind of be a shitty next year. The year after will probably be the year for uh, that. I'm going to go back. I'll wait it out a year and see what kind of changes they make. And then you can find your boy on Super Bowl Sunday on 16, cutting up a couple of Coors. <laughs> 
I, I don't think they can make too like uh, I want to say I don't think they can make too dramatic a changes because I think you still have to keep that party atmosphere. But I think they're probably going to severely increase security, maybe reduce the amount of tickets they give out and the amount of people they allow in. Uh, it just sucks. Like, like I, I hate to keep going back to like Tom and you, you brought up a lot of great points uh, earlier is that the security person that was on KTAR had quit and they were on the radio and all, I guess a lot of security people quit from Friday to Saturday because of how crazy Friday was already. So add, add the Friday craziness. Now it's Saturday. It's the weekend. Everybody's off and you have less security. It's really no wonder that, that things got out of control. And like they stopped the liquor sales, Mike, I think you were saying at two and they didn't, they didn't start up again at all. I don't think that the rest of that day, uh, I, Raymond, I, I'm curious. I, I don't know what you, what your interest in golf is, but, um, does this deter you from going to an event like that when you when you see reports like this and people getting arrested and all the craziness or does it look like something fun that you might want to be a part of i mean i've 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 dabbled in like watching golf tournaments and you know i'll 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 hear people talk about it and stuff like that it's never been number one on my priority list but yeah i don't know for years now i've been saying that going to the waste management open seems like something that i want to do at some point regardless of how fun and exciting and crazy and like chaotic it might get, I think just being able to be a part of the experience say to say that I did it uh, would be a lot of fun. Um, Thankfully for me in the industry that I work in, I get to kind of talk to people about it all the time. And my clients at work, man, they tell me some stories. They tell me the craziest, craziest things ever that it's just off the rails. And so like hearing it get to this point, it it didn't surprise me one bit. I don't think it really deters me. I think, uh, I mean, honestly, for somebody like myself, that's not really like that big of a partier, maybe next year might be the perfect opportunity because shit, I might be able to find parking or something. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, I think that's, everybody should have expected this. I think it's, it's, it's been a culmination of year after year, after year, after year of it, just getting to the point. I don't remember who said it earlier. Right. But if you're a young kid at ASU, getting into the party scene and you see what it was last year and you're about to turn 21, 22, whatever it may be, you're like, hell yeah, I'm gonna go next year. So you start culminating and adding all this year after year after year. There's no surprise it got to this point. Um, And for me personally, man, I hope they don't go too overboard on the security and do all that crazy stuff. I think really the only thing you can really do that's really gonna make a big big of a difference is limit how many people are gonna be there because unless you literally have like a one-to-one like security to person in the stands, like you're not going to stop the party. <laughs> like the party's going to go no matter what. So yeah, no, I'll be curious. I want I want to go check it out at some point though. Is this the the orange? No. This is that video this that I was orange. talking about earlier. <laughs> Just wait, everybody's everybody's stoked, everybody's jacked up, and then they pan over to the right. And my guy is struggling. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's when you're uh, fighting. That dude's fighting demons. He's well, getting smacked in the face. That's for That was Nick Taylor winning it. Yeah. Dude, so he had a very long day. All right? <laughs> Give him a break. A he just week. needed a nap. <laughs> yeah, he is, just, he is preparing himself to get the hell out of there because that is just a feat of its own. Dude, he's he, got the Super Bowl. He's got yeah. But it's not, there's more than alcohol there in that video. That dude is on some other shit. He's like talking to like dead people. 
Maybe <laughs> some people just can't handle their liquor, man. I've seen some True. people at the Suns games where I'm like, dude, yeah. how did we get here? Uh, and the Suns game is a, a much, <laughs> much less, you know, a much lesser. I can't speak. It's not as much time. Um, Ian, big golf guy. I want to loop you in here. Um, have have you ever um, been so publicly intoxicated that you have been sprawled out on a lawn as the peak of the sporting event is happening? You don't have to answer that if you don't want to. But what do you make? What do you make of the Phoenix Open? Well, I can't definitively answer, but I also can't say yeah. no. Um, this looks fun as hell, though, to be honest with you. Like, I look at this and I'm, I can't think of what else I would do if I was to be taken to the waste management open, you know? Like, I'm not going to watch golf. So, like, this is the kind of activity that I would be partaking in. The, the sliding in the mud looks fun. That reminds me of, like, old Woodstock footage. This looks rad as hell. Like, I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that fight. There's a lot of money in that fight watching those swings. Those kids have not fought much. <laughs> what do you think couple... they're fighting about? Like, what do you Their fight about in the waistband? <laughs> I like that people just bet on them. Like, they were like, hey, you think you could take that guy in the oh, red shirt? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, this is cr- – I've never seen – this many like i've seen like no, a couple yeah. here this is fucking crazy dude hey i told you to keep that footage of me off the screen <laughs> it's like eight different angles like you said yeah, earlier. just like raymond said yeah <laughs> they got every angle dude, he's in it though man i wouldn't even watch what a tank anymore. what an if absolute he tank. That, like... if, if he's not already 30 he ain't making it to 30. Dude, how damaged do you think the golf course is that's oh it's tore question. up like oh, it's tore up like, dude, because that's a very like even in the summer to go play. Hey, there's summer, a woman. It's like Stone Cold and two coors and the row six. He identifies as he him. Calm down. Yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> I think that's an old video. This Yo, is me dude. carrying. That was Tom out last year. That was me carrying Tom out last year. Dude, oh, honestly, yes. I I think there's an opportunity here for them to just lean into it. Make it even crazier. Like have little like designated fighting areas where Stumble people down. Just, yeah, <laughs> thirty second A waste fight management zone. fight pit. <laughs> God damn it, guys! Just I do like, have I do have one more video for you. Is it another angle? No, this is this is a different one. If you're an ASU fan, this one probably makes you happy. I'm sure you guys saw this one, right? My guy in the U of A shirt just absolutely <laughs> pissed drunk, pissing himself. Oh, um, Mike, that's how oh, I looked no. at you. Trust in your college, bro. That's like that sick. Is... Oh, dude. Come on. Yeah. Freshman uh, year at U of A, Mike's freshman year at U of A, I looked like this in a, in a corner, and some girl came and pinched me on the cheeks to make sure I was alive. <laughs> As you're just, you're like, I'm watering the grass. <laughs> She's like, he, that's fake carpet. He was having a dream where he was swimming in the ocean. <laughs> Oh my gosh! All right, no more. There's, no there's more. just so <laughs> many, man. We can just watch crazy. it all day. That that's I don't know. I wish I went, man. I'm so fun. I have like regardless. Fun. Yeah, regardless, looks like fun. There's no other event like it on the PGA Tour, and um, you know, honestly, I couldn't even tell you who won it. I couldn't even tell you who won 
the Nick Taylor one. Nick Taylor, Nick Taylor? okay. In, in a playoff, you just yeah. said that. I, I did know it was a playoff against the old guy. What was his by, name? By the looks Hoffman. of those videos, I don't think anybody who went could tell you who won either. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think boy. that guy laying down even knew where the fuck he was? <laughs> he thought he was still on sixteen. Dude, he thought he was still in bed. Uh, God. But yeah, man, waste management open, always a good time. Um, as Mike dubbed it in the title, wasted management open is an apt nickname for it. Uh, fellas, uh, we got another topic on the docket, and then whatever else we want to talk about, video games, movies, sports, just how you're doing. How's life? But before we get into that, the Suns have made some moves at the deadline. They traded some players. It was to acquire Royce O'Neal and David Roddy. I'm sorry, Royce O'Neal from Brooklyn and David Roddy from Memphis. They gave up Keita Bates-Giop, Jordan Goodwin, and three future second-round picks. Also, Chemezi Metu, Yuta Watanabe, and a 2026 first-round pick to Memphis. I didn't realize the Suns even had any first-round picks remaining. Uh, but then just today, uh, as Mike shows here on the graphic, we also signed Thaddeus Young. He is a veteran in his 17th NBA season. Holy shit. He is uh, not doing so hot this season. Five points per game, 3.3 rebounds, 2.2 assists. But he's said to be a locker room guy, definitely a guy that brings a lot of experience and knowledge. And while we are not the youngest team as we used to be, Suns are still a pretty young squad. And I think you can always benefit from those locker room guys. So I am. I'm curious to know what these guys think. Honestly, I'll share my opinions and sprinkle them in there. But Mike, I gotta, I gotta ask you first. I'm sure you're ch chomping at the bit to share what you're thinking. You know what, fellas? Right off the bat, I love the Royce O'Neal move. I can't believe that the Suns actually pulled it off. But we needed somebody who was going to be able to hit that open shot from three point range a little bit more consistent than we could get from Josh Okoge. The biggest part about this was we got him for expendable parts at the end of the at the end of the day. If you think about it, right? All these guys were on one year or you know had the second year player option. Most of them probably weren't going to be back next year. And they were tries during the offseason, but they just didn't come to fruition. Yuta Watanabe could just not get his footing. He could not get his shot to go more consistent. Kata Bates-Diop, who we thought might have been that fifth starter, just a little bit inconsistent. And Chemezik Metu had maybe a 15-game stretch where he was contributing, but then fell, fell out of the rotation once Bradley Beal really got healthy. And this team has been kind of rolling with their main guys. But the biggest thing is he's going to be part of this playoff rotation. You already know that. He's probably going to average around the 25 minutes a game. David Roddy is a project for the future. You have to have some guys that are under team control that are a little bit younger because, man, we are just so crazy over the luxury tax. And it's it's win or bust right now. So he's just kind of holding along for the ride. I don't think he's going to get much time. Same with Thaddeus Young. I mean, he might get some time during the season, but uh, Tallman was talking about it early. I would be surprised if he played in the playoffs. Uh, he's just lost a step. He cannot shoot a three to save his life. <laughs> and uh, funny, he I think him and Kevin Durant were in the same draft class. And they're the last guys left from that draft class. Wow. The NBA. So they were both top 12 picks. So I do like it, though. You had two roster spots that you needed to fill. It's kind of a 
you know, break glass in case of emergency kind of situation with Thaddeus Young. But the real big win for the Suns at the end of the day, I think, was Royce O'Neal. So ready for the All-Star break, man, that's for sure. And I'm sure we got a fun one going on right now against the Kings. Oh, yeah, buddy. Uh, you know that they were talking about finishing this stretch strong going into the All-Star break and then being strong coming out of the All-Star break as well. But I don't want to. I want to stray too far off topic. We're talking about Royce O'Neal, Thaddeus Young, of course. Ian, as our resident Brooklyn Nets fl- fan and New York transplant, what are we getting in Royce O'Neal? What can we expect to get out of him here in Phoenix? Yeah, I liked Royce O'Neal, man. Um, he he's a guy. He's gonna come off the bench. He's gonna he's gonna. Lockdown, I think, is kind of a aggressive term for what he is, but he is a three and D guy who can play defense, slow down uh, starters on the other team, and he's a sniper from three. He's he's sneaky. He's one of those guys where, you know, the team's going to focus on guys like Durant, Beal, Booker. They're not going to think about Royce O'Neal sitting there open when they're closing out on the other guys. So he's going to get his his uh like sleepy defense threes a lot. And he's good enough where he can start for you in a pinch. If there's a situation where Beal gets hurt or Durant gets hurt, you can you can stick him in the lineup. It gives you a lot more flexibility in terms of what you can do with your lineup. So I really do think he's a really good pickup for you. Um, Thaddeus Young is also a former net, but I like you already said it. He's not going to crack the, the rotation, um, especially. God damn, I did not realize he was shooting 16% from three-pointing. I wouldn't start him at all. I can't believe you picked him up. It's got to it's got to strictly <laughs> just be for length, right? Or I don't even know. It's like Mike said, fill in the roster yeah. spot, length. Yeah, yeah. empty seat yeah. on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and another guy, give him an opportunity. I think they were saying he's only played for a team five seasons that have gone to the playoffs, so he doesn't have that experience. True. And you know, when it comes down to um, the buyout market. Guys are only going to go where they know that they're going to get playing time. And I don't think a lot of teams were, you know, really reaching out like crazy to pick up Thaddeus Young and say, hey, we're going to give you 22 minutes a game. I mean, he was only averaging 15 minutes a game for the Raptors, who have been horrible this year. So if he couldn't scratch it out with them, you know, it was going to be slim pickings for him. So locker, locker room guy, you know good presence in practice has some good size but like i said break glass in case of emergency that's thaddeus young at this point in his career yep yeah i think this is a lot different than other buyouts we've seen where it wasn't like we were in competition for the player like trying to entice him to come here i think he probably fully fully well understands the role he's going to play which is not one that involves him being on the court a lot um, just to get to get some of these other guys looped in here, Mr. T Jr., you're wearing the Suns hat, so we got to go to you. We got to know what you're thinking of this move. Is, is Royce O'Neal one that you think is going to help put this team over the top in the the last half of this season? Yeah, I think I think he has the he's going to get shots. That's the, the great thing about playing with you know Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. Is he has that ability, like Ian said, to be that sniper to where. I think out of everybody that they did acquire, he's going to be the one that's going to have the most impact actually on the court as far as playing time. Uh, that I did not know. Uh, I've heard Thaddeus Young's name since like fucking high school. So I did not know 17th season. That is pretty insane. But I think like you were saying, MFC, that that's basically uh, 
like a lock maybe a locker room vibes kind of like hey like i've been i've been doing this for a long time veteran type thing uh haven't watched too much of david rod that's haven't seen too much of him so i'm kind of excited I, I like that he's a younger dude so maybe he'll stick around um i'm also happy we kept grayson allen i, I know those rumors were kind of going yeah. around for a little bit so that's that's one thing that i'm shocked to say because i fucking hated grayson allen when he was at duke but that's neither here nor there but uh, i'm excited i'm excited to see because i think royce o'neill is going to replace uh uh that what the fuck's his name watanabe or whatever the hell he's going to replace him as far as that 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 shooter so i think I think he's going to have some impact. I'm excited to see it. Like uh, we were saying, it's it's kind of like all in. Like this is kind of like we we have about like a two-year threshold right here as far as uh, stuff like this. And it's nice to see Arizona fucking sports teams making trades, dude. I know I've been living like that for the longest time that like the Cardinals didn't do it. We get some new ownership, some new GMs that are a little bit younger, a little more hip to it, and shit starts happening. So I'm excited. You know, I'm excited. But uh Watching the game right now against the Kings, 34-30, uh, minute 30 left in the first, so 32-34 now, live update. Um, but, yeah, excited. Excited to kind of see, get that little break, see what happens the second half of the season, and hopefully a good playoff run. It's the Ishbia effect, man. Ever since he's gotten this team, he's not afraid to make moves, not afraid to spend the money, and it's it's really impressive. Honestly, I, I do like to see it, and it seems like it's really freed up James Jones to be able to make those moves because if you think about it like a lot has changed as far as the personnel on the court but in the front office it seems like a lot of that has stayed real similar even keeping on some of the uh, the coaches left over from the monty williams era but nico i know you're another guy that's real tapped into what's going on in the nba the suns the trailblazers and the like uh i i want to put you on the spot here and and if you don't it's fine but we haven't really talked about it much here what do you know about david roddy uh, not much, to be honest with you. Um, I think he kind of falls into that weird sunken in category of franchises that get forgotten. Um, you know, if you're like a role player in Memphis or a role player in, in, in Portland, like you're not really talked about. So I don't honestly know much about David Roddy. Um, I do, I do kind of like, as, uh, as Mr. Tallman Jr. said earlier, I like that he's young. Um, I like that it gives us something to build on. Um, I actually, you know, I'm not going to nay-nay any of these younger dudes that Memphis is bringing up because it seems like they've been drafting well. I mean, Desmond Bain, you have even Kenny Lofton Jr. or whatever. You know, you got you got guys that can ball coming up through that system. So <clears throat> I'm going to roll with it. We'll see what happens. I'm over the moon about Royce O'Neal. Um, didn't think that we had nearly enough expendable stuff to get him. Um, so super happy about Royce O'Neal. I'm more pleased for him on the defensive end than anything. Um, I don't think you're going to want to try to back down this dude. He's like a brick wall. Um, I also believe it or not. I know everybody's saying, you know, how bad Thaddeus Young has been. Uh, I kind of like the pickup man in, uh, in a situation where, uh, a team already has not enough basketball to go around. We didn't need a score. I needed somebody that was going to be long. It was going to challenge shots. It was going to play defense. He's still, I mean, look at him. He, he's still just two, what, 225 pounds of what looks like muscle to me. So, I mean, I'll take that on my team. He doesn't need to shoot. We have Kevin Durant. We have, I mean, knock on wood, Bradley Beal, and we have uh, Devin Booker. We don't, we don't need another person to share the ball with. 
Um, I do like Royce O'Neal as the secret weapon, though. The Durant driving, attentions on Booker, dish it out to Royce O'Neal in the corner. That's a bucket. I mean, we saw it when he was in Utah. We saw it when he was in Brooklyn. I don't know, man. I really like the deal. Um, I really hope David Roddy turns into – I mean, he's averaging eight points a game, four rebounds, and uh, an assist and a half on 40% shooting. I, you can't really snub your nose at that if you're coming off the bench, you know? Yeah, and I, I like what Mr. T had said also. is like we, we got Royce O'Neal, which seems like on paper to be a really good move, and we didn't really give up any pieces that we are going to miss to do it. Grayson Allen being the biggest one that I was strictly against them giving up. We had a lot of those, those rumors about us getting, or the Suns rather, going out and trying to get Miles Bridges, and I think there might have been a semi-mutiny and a real split fan base had they gone out and done that. And uh, I, I don't know. I think it's just a real good move at the end of the day, even if it doesn't work out. Like I said, those guys weren't really doing anything. So you fill in other players, you try something different, you reload, and you go and finish the season strong. Raymond, ha- the Suns right now, they're sixth in the West. If they win tonight against Sacramento, I think that puts them at fifth in the West going into the break. How, how do you like their chances going forward after these moves and after the All-Star break? Yeah, I mean, I've always said that the Suns, success is going to come down to the big three. If they're healthy, I don't see why they don't have a chance to make it to the finals. I think those three guys fully healthy with a good supporting cast, you know, I put them up against anybody in the West for sure. Um, I like the moves. I was, I really wanted Royce O'Neal. I mean, not everybody that I heard the names going around. I think Royce O'Neal is one of those guys that I think a lot of people were really, I think confused about what he brings to a team um realistically speaking i mean if he if he can be that sneaky sniper off the bench that can play some solid defense like the way i look at the trades is like it, it almost looks like their their trade deadline moves were like let's kind of like crunch this like 12th 13th 14th 15th 16th player on our bench and get that guy that will probably crack like the top eight or nine in the playoffs like that's just kind of how it feels for me and I think that's a great move. I think that's what you want to do, right? Like, I think um, Watanabe, for example, like, you know, he, he was a sniper for a little bit, but then he wasn't a sniper, kind of on and off about, you know, his his defense, for example. So it's like, all right, cool. He's not working out really well. And really, he's probably going to get played out of the playoffs. So let's bring in Royce O'Neal. Let's stack, you know, whatever we need to get him. And bam, you know, we got our seventh, eighth guy off the bench, potentially even like fifth or sixth, maybe even depending on how the health looks like. So I like, I like the move altogether. And then, um, yeah, bringing in Roddy, you know, bringing in some youth. I think that's great. I I agree. Like their draft classes have been really solid. So I'm happy with that. And then um, Thaddeus Young, I mean, if he comes in and all he does is play hack-a-shack, you know, and, you know, just gives you some good hustle minutes, like you got him for what the vet men, who cares? Like, he wasn't the he wasn't the he wasn't the piece that's gonna win you a championship, but you need those guys like that are gonna be a locker room presence, that are gonna be a veteran presence, that have been in the game for a while. And when called upon, like man, I can I can already envision what Footprint Center is gonna be if you know the Suns are up by like 20 points in a game, Thaddeus Young checks in and he just kicks like a freaking corner three, the stadium's just gonna go nuts, like. You need a guy like that. You know what I mean? So I like the moves. I think uh, 
long-winded story. If the, if the Suns are healthy, there's no reason they shouldn't be competing for a, an NBA Finals come come the end of the season. It's It's got to be – obviously, that's every team's goal is to win the championship, but that's got to be like we sell out here. So it's, it's all or nothing in a sense. These next couple of years, we've done all these moves. We've spent all this money so that the Suns can get to that mountaintop and win the championship. Tallman, haven't heard from you in a while, bud. You live over there? Oh, yeah. Hi. <laughs> I just – I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record because I'm just going to repeat basically everything that's already been said. Um, Suns being aggressive, the trade line is awesome, basically pulling some magic. So, I mean, we know how this team feels about uh, draft picks. They don't care about them. And then getting rid of those four guys that on one-year deals, they're not going to be here. Um, you gave them a chance to stick. They didn't stick. So, really, we lost nothing. So, adding Royce O'Neal is great. Um, hopefully that, uh, hopefully we still see some bowl bowl minutes though. Cause the way this fan base reacts to that dude getting on the court is just, is just crazy, man. And wow. He, he's kind of, he's kind of, uh, he's better at basketball than I thought. Just watching him, uh, play in person recently when, uh, we went to the game last Thursday. Yeah. Bowl bowl, man. He's a fan favorite for sure. Uh, while we while we're talking about the Suns, um, Mike, did you hear the? Uh, I think it was today the news or yesterday that Draymond Green was on his podcast talking some shit about Yusuf Nurkic and Ke- and Kevin Durant. Uh, so I haven't seen all of it, and I'm hoping Nico can help me out because it sounds like he's got this inside scoop. But I mean, obviously, most of this stems back to you know the nice little what was it kind of a roundhouse punch that Draymond gave to Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, that's uh, spinning the back fist. Spinning back <laughs> that's fist, <right>. yeah. <laughs> that's right. That cost him some games and, you know, had to kind of get his act together. And then this most recent game, they were going back and forth, man. They were both doing the too small to each other. It was really a gritty effort from both of them. And I, I like that in the NBA game, right? You just don't get to see that as much anymore. But... You know, these guys, they're all characters. Draymond's got his podcast as well, so he makes a spectacle out of it. And I do like Yusuf Nurkic is kind of one of the most unsung guys in the NBA, I'd I'd say, when it comes to a follow. Because he's got some funny stuff. He's always backing his guys as well. So, you know, Yusuf wasn't going to back down on this. But, Nico, what am I missing here, man? I mean, not much. My my whole thing... This is very not Nurkic in Portland. Uh, he didn't like he would he would show that edge, but it wasn't the same. This whole like all good bad boy don't st- don't stay too long on the podcast. Like this stuff smacking the floor, telling Draymond he's too small. This is all this is a Yusef. This is a monster that has awoken inside of this man. Um, I love the grittiness. I don't know if I like Yusef calling out Draymond after we lose. Um, I don't know if that's a great look, especially after you smacked the floor, told him he was too small and then didn't score a basket the rest of the night. Um, it's not a great look, Yusef. I love that you're like being aggressive and not backing away from the fight. I'm here for that. But like optics are everything and Draymond put you in a cage the rest of the night. So I don't, you know, I, I, it'll be interesting to see. I was listening to, Arizona radio sports radio earlier. And they were saying something about how like the Suns and warriors 
haven't played in a playoff game since like 93, 94. Um, I would love to see the Suns and the Warriors go at it in a playoff game purely for Nurk and Draymond because somebody's going to get fucking Bautista bombed through a table by the end of it. So I am absolutely here for it. Ian, I know you're a big Draymond Green fan. I'm curious to know what you think of that. I'm just wondering who the fuck is listening to this guy's podcast. Like, he's got to be the most hated. He is the most hated NBA player right now, unless we're talking like last year with Dylan Brooks and people like that. But even Warriors fans, like, how, how do you watch as a fan like what he's doing with Nurkic, then go like, yeah, I'm going to listen to his podcast later and not think like, I want this dude to go to bed early and rest up. Cause we have another team. Like I, why, just why all of it? Like, no, I do like what Mike said though. Um, or sorry, Nico said it, uh, the, the, the back and forth, both of them said it. Now that I think about it, but the back and forth between Draymond and Nurkic, it seemed like, Obviously, it comes from a toxic situation where the spinning back fist happened, but it seemed like healthy competition at the time. I like guys being that level of angry with each other. I wish the NBA had more of it, for sure. I, I just think I the think, whole thing is super silly, but no, go ahead, Nico. Sorry. No, I just think the interesting part is that KD got caught in the crossfire here. here like, right. how, did, yeah. how did KD catch a stray for like hoping his boy was good? He said, I hope you get the help you need. Like, and then Draymond was like, you're a coward. That seems, uh, I don't know. You, you had to, as if you went to therapy and you did all the things you said you had to do, you had to look at that situation with Yusef and realize you were in the wrong and that you probably needed some help. So like, I'm kind of wondering, is Kevin Durant catching a stray in this situation? Draymond being insecure of what's going on and what happened and that this, there's not a change Draymond? Which I think is what Yusef was aiming at. However, it didn't, I think, come off as refined as Yusef wanted it to. So now it's going to be a thing. Yeah. And like I was saying, I think I just think it's so weird. And like you kind of highlighted it there a little bit, Nico, where it's like Draymond Green is started with the spinning back fist. And then Nurkic came out and said, you know, this guy needs some help. And then there were some rumors reported that Yusef Nurkic was considering pressing charges. And then he came out and said, none of that's true. I don't know how much of that made it back to Draymond or what might have been lost in translation. And then everything that just continues to happen, it seems like a really weird rivalry. Uh, Mr. T, like, what do you, what do you, what side of this do you fall on? I like it. I think he's benefiting from, cause I, I watched it with DeAndre Ayton. Like, you know, you saw Kevin Durant being like, Hey dude, like fucking like, you'd see that in between like, you know, TV timeouts and stuff, him being like, dude, start playing like harder. Like, they try to coach up, build up DeAndre Ayton. I think Yusuf's he's embracing that. I think he's actually, that's why you're seeing this completely different. And it's the new, it's like the culture. Like that's our new, I, I like that grittiness to where he's like, nah, dude, like I'm not going to fucking sit here and let you bully me. Like you bully your teammates or fuck. Nah, like you want to say some stupid shit. Like I'll say some stupid shit too. Like two can tango. Like we can, we can dance and say it, but uh, I, I like it. I think it's, I think he's benefiting from playing, in that system with a, a Kevin Durant and a, you know, a Devin Booker to where they're like, Hey dude, like let that dog out. Like, you know, be, be that, you got a big body, like throw some elbows. Like if somebody touches you hit them back, <laughs> like it's, we got your back. So I think that's, it's nice to see. It's nice to see, you know, that little bit of grittiness, that kind of 
because everybody's always like, well, the NBA nowadays is so soft. Like, go play in the 90s. Like, you'd get your ass kicked. It's like, all right, well, you know, Draymond's kind of like that flashback of playing in the 90s where you're like, you got you get kicked in the nuts. Like, who knows what's going to happen? So uh, I like it. I like seeing – I think the Twitter shit, it's definitely a weird kind of like at this point, it seems like a petty little rivalry of like where they're like, well, I'm going to sue you for it. It's just like, God, he's like, the fuck? Like, that's crazy. But uh, I would die for a fucking Golden State Warriors-Suns playoff series. Like, I think that would be a lot of fun to watch. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy seeing him kind of be be that big body center, live up to, like, that, that dude that's kind of got his teammates' backs and all that. I think I agree, you know, as long as it, it sticks more to basketball than than the other shenanigans. I think it's, I, again, like, I think it's weird that, if I'm not mistaken, a part of Draymond Green being reinstated from his initial suspension from the incident with Yusuf Nurkic is that he had to apologize to him, basically say, like, I'm sorry for hitting you. And then he goes on the podcast and basically says, just <laughs> kidding. Like, so he was obviously just saying that to get back. I guess Raymond, I'll, I'll kick the question to you. Do you think that it, it's it could ask if they continue to like let this go that it'll continue to escalate, or do you think at some point it'll just naturally fizzle out the tension between Draymond and Yusuf and and the like? I don't know. Sports drama is such a, a weird thing. You know, you, you you'll have those games where it's like you end up with two random dudes that just start beefing and punching each other or pushing and shoving or whatever, you know, they get on Twitter and, you know, talk their smack and then they're out like partying in downtown Hollywood like the next day. So it's like, I don't really know. I haven't really kept up too much with like Nurkic and Draymond in specific outside of like what I've heard about, like going to therapy and all of the podcasts and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I could definitely imagine, you know, if the NBA doesn't step in or, the individual coaches organization step in, you know, I can imagine down the road, one of the two, you know, the temp- their, their tempers are going to get a little too hot one game and, you know, they'll swing or do something crazy, but I don't know. It, it, it's hard to put a lot of attention to, to it when it's like, it does end up becoming more than just basketball where they're like beefing on podcasts and Twitter and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Like the clip right now, right? Nurkic, you know, slaps the floor, but then, you know, what does he do afterwards? You know, I just, I, I like to see it where it's just like, you know, talk or smack, you know, bump chests and then, you know, go play ball and, you know, use it as fire. So I don't know. We'll see. At the end of the day, right. It, it you hope that it's more bulletin board material and that they go out and they play hard on the court. We see good matchups, but I don't know. Draymond has just been, this is just who he is, man. He goes out there, right. he plays kind of reckless. Like, Mike, do you see this going? Like, in a way, what is this? Draymond is a clown, bro. Be thankful, Katie got you two rings. <laughs> is it gonna go away? Yeah, it'll it'll get swept under the rug. I think at the end of the day, this is just you know creating content, right? I think the worst thing for Draymond Green right now is if he really wanted to change his ways, he shouldn't be doing a podcast, like. He just needs to focus on basketball. I mean, that can open up other conversations, you know, going back to when people were basically saying, well, shut up and dribble. It's like, well, there's a time and place, right? Maybe the off season is when he does it. But when he's coming in talking about matchups right after in the heat of a moment kind of situation, 
some guys don't know how to switch it off. And it seems like Draymond's kind of one of those guys. So it gonna, it's going to filter over onto a bigger stage, right, for people who don't get to hear everything that's going back and forth between players on the floor. So I think by next week we're not going to care about it and we're just going to be ready to see them match up the next time, which I think is going to be a while, if I'm not mistaken, uh, towards the latter half of the season. But – I'm so done with him. There's just there's you guys know you have your guys in in each leagues. It seems like like Tallman's done with Patrick Mahomes. Like I've been done with Draymond Green for years, man. So anything that really comes about, that's why I had to really ask Nico about what happened because I don't even look into it anymore. I literally glanced over it and I'm like, fuck if I care about anything that Draymond Green is saying or doing anymore. Come on, man. I could care less. Yeah, and luckily, I just double-checked. The Suns don't play the Warriors again this season uh, unless they meet in the playoffs. So, Oh, shit. I, over? There you go. It's over. Got four out of the way before the All-Star break. That's that's pretty impressive. But, Tallman, as we kind of wind down here, head towards wrapping up this uh, roundtable live stream, we got some odds and ends to cover. Tomorrow, February 14th, pitchers and catchers report for a majority of the Major League Baseball teams including your Arizona Diamondbacks. So that means we'll have Zach Gallen, Brandon Fott, Miro Kelly. The boys are back. How excited are you? I'm stoked. I, I feel bad, man. Why do they always make the pitchers and catchers show up early? It's like it's like they have to they have to go to start school early before the rest of the cool kids, man. Poor poor guys. No, all jokes aside, uh it's I'm so stoked. I mean, with the NBA uh all-star break coming up we're in that we have that always have that dead week where there's no sports to bet on you guys you guys remember this this is coming up i mean i might have to talk to nico about some uh some nhl bets or maybe we're betting on ping pong now um but no it's it's that time of year where you can argue what march is one of the best uh, one of the best months for sports because we have spring training you got march madness you got the nba kind of shaping up Playoff picture is getting set. So it's we're coming into an exciting time, even though uh, America's favorite sport, football, is all done and over with. Um, but it's it, I, I can't be more ready for some baseball right now. See what those D-backs can do this season. And, Raymond, you're rocking the Dodgers hat. So I, I know we got to loop you in next here. Of course, you got a lot to be excited about in uh, your new additions, but just baseball in general, you can talk about the Dodgers if you want, but, and also the, the new uniforms, there's something going on with that. Yeah. So earlier today it was announced, well, a couple of things with the uniforms, one of them being announced that they announced the roster of the teams that are going to make, they're going to have a new city Jersey this season. Um, One of them being the Dodgers, which is weird because other teams like the Yankees, which I don't want the Yankees to get a new city Jersey. Like there's some teams that just, should not change, but for some reason the Dodgers are getting a second one, but other teams haven't gotten a city jersey yet, so that's kind of weird. But long story short, they Fanatics is now going to be the sole supplier of MLB jerseys, and I believe next season will be the sole supplier of NHL jerseys as well. So what they're doing is that they're changing the jerseys not only on like for fans that buy them, but on field as well. <sighs> I don't remember the specifics for every single team, but I know for a fact, like the, the, like um, 
where the buttons go, like the, the striping down the middle, that's going to be like thinner. So that messes with like teams that their logos and numbers and stuff like kind of go across the jersey. So like I'll speak on the Dodgers, for example. Historically, the Dodger logo has always split right at the seam where the O curves. So depending on how you wear it, it still says Dodgers no matter how it's split. But now with this new jersey, the 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 split is like literally down the middle in the middle of the D. So it's almost like Dodd and then the Jers. So it's like and that's for a lot of different teams too. Um oh yeah, there you go. Um it's it's like a lighter material. So I know some fan or some teams and players have been kind of happy about that, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I remember when the, um, Nike did those, um, what was it? The, the sleeve jerseys in the NBA. I think LeBron was one of the first guys, like literally at the first game he played, it like tore and like ripped. So we'll see how that works, but you'll notice them too. Like the, the last names on the Jersey have this weird, like curve regardless of the size of the name. So it's like really weirdly curved. And then the numbers have been like shrunken for like all the jerseys. So they all look very uniform across the league. Um, so yeah, just like a lot of weird things about the jerseys, but I don't know. I I just don't bother buying jerseys from fanatics anymore. Like I'd rather just, you know, buy a Mitchell and Ness from the 80s or 90s instead. But no, I'm I'm super excited for baseball, man. I think it's gonna be a really fun season, you know. Obviously, I have a lot to be excited about. Uh, Raymond, what round did the Dodgers choke in this year? Uh, first round against the Rockies. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> the Rockies. Wow. Yeah. Hey, listen, it was the Giants and the Padres and the D-backs last year. It's the Rockies' choice. It's the Rockies' opportunity now, man. They got to Rock- do it. Rockies are going to shock the world. Yeah, Your boy Shohei's hitting 109 off the end of the bat, coming off of Tommy John, though. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh, those videos are crazy. No, I mean, honestly, the Dodgers, I mean, it's, it, again, it's like every other team, right? If they're not healthy and they don't bat, you know, how they should be at the right time, none of it matters. Uh, you know, you can spend $1 billion, you can spend $1, it don't matter. You got to show up at the right time. But, no, I'm excited. I think uh, I think this is the one year that you look at the moves that were made during the offseason, and I feel like every team got substantially better in some kind of capacity, whether it's even something as simple as, you know, D-backs getting Jock Peterson. Like, he's a solid DH. Like, that's a position that need, that's needed, right? Like, I feel like every team made an incremental update, upgrade. So, I think across the league, competition should be really good. And, I mean, besides the Oakland Athletics, I feel like every team is getting in, getting with the times and, you know, wanting to spend money and, you know, invest in the team. So, I'm excited. I already got tickets to four spring training games. So, I'm there. I'm excited. Hell yeah. Pl- plenty to be excited about. And I think every Diamondbacks fan should be excited. Like exactly like you said, every team got better. I think the Diamondbacks did. And they just came off a World Series run where they really didn't change too much, especially when it comes to their core group of guys. And, th- and they still have some wiggle room. I mean, being able to spend money, it's great when you make the money to be able to spend it. And so the Diamondbacks had a little extra this offseason and they went to work. Well, we're talking about the uniforms, though, Ian, I was trying to find it here to pull it up. I, I saw a picture the other day, and I really wish I had saved it, but the Yankees are making a slight change to their uniforms, and I think it, it's like something they haven't done since like 1973 or the first time since 1973. And I, I stared at this picture for probably five minutes. It was like it was like it was like uh, was it uh, corporate wants you to tell the difference between these two pictures? And I yeah. thought I, I was being pranked. 
but correct me if I'm wrong. It's just like the pinstripe around the number. If I remember right, it is the road jerseys, which do change a little bit more. Now that's relatively a little bit more because the home Jersey hasn't changed since I don't know, 1903 or whatever, but the road jerseys are also changed, but it's such small incremental changes. You really have to fucking squint and have someone pointed out to you. Supposedly they're going back to what they were in 2005, but yeah, I, I watch every Yankee game. I can't tell you the fucking difference. Like <laughs> that's what it's been. <laughs> so it's the same Jersey. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's what I'm telling you, but apparently, I don't know. The Yankees are saying that it's different. <laughs> it's like where's Waldo trying to figure out what's different about this jersey? Right. It is the yeah the pinstriping around the yeah just the white around the the numbers the sleeves and the words and the sleeves a little bit. It's yeah. They almost could like making an announcement like Yankees change uniforms. Like obviously, people are gonna be like, oh my god, what is it? But then yeah. it's just they could have easily just done like. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the story of uh, eBay, but basically, I guess at, when they first started online, they had like an all like a bright yellow background, and then one day they got like a rebrand. They were trying to update with the time, so they switched it to a white background, and people freaked the fuck out. Like they were like, "How could you do this? Like eBay is supposed to be yellow, blah blah." So they changed it back, but then slowly over time, like every day, every couple of days, they changed it just a little bit lighter shade of yellow to where like over time nobody realized that one day it was just white all of a sudden after so much time. I feel like the Yankees could do that with their uniforms, just like tweak something ever so slightly every couple years. If if you ever want to see something trippy, go on MLB the show and pick go to play now and just pick the Yankees and then pick their jerseys and just scroll through their jerseys. It changes just ever so slightly. And it has every like change that they've made since 1908 or whatever. And it, it's so funny. It's just like the, the, the New York just moves like a little bit every time. That's funny. Probably like the, I imagine part of that has to do with like the manufacturer who's making the jerseys that season, the, where, the positioning. But yeah, that's, that's so funny how I get like, that's deeply rooted in tradition, obviously. And that, and that's respectable. Um, wow. Really got off topic there going down my uh, eBay rabbit hole. Um, but I don't know who, who who has something to say about baseball, Nico. It looks like uh, you're excited for the the Diamondbacks season coming up. Yeah, I mean, I am. How can you not be? We made moves. We spent money. I mean, it's all we've been asking for for I don't know years. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. I I, uh, I like the jock signing a lot, a lot more than I think I initially did. Um, I think I initially looked at that as uh, uh, maybe a little Mark Reynoldsy. Um, but I'm excited, man. And it's that time of year. It's spring training. How can you not be? You hear, we've heard growing up in the Valley, you hear year in and year out pitchers and catchers report. Um, that is the start of the baseball season. So i um, super excited. Also, I mean, I don't know if it was a resurgence in baseball or if it was the Diamondbacks, but like, I can't remember the last time I was this bump for an opening day. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun time. There's been a lot of changes in the league. I think the game is more watchable on television now. Um, you know, I think that that adds to a whole different slew of like why you would be excited. So yeah, hell yeah. I'm excited. I mean, go, go Diamondbacks and, uh, sorry, Raymond, but fuck the dog. 
<laughs> Somebody had to throw it out there, Raymond. I was waiting. I was waiting. We know. Let's take we turns. No, we love you though. You know. <laughs> Guys, it's crazy because first Cactus League game is February twenty second. Dodgers at Padres. I can't believe we're less than ten days away now. But Mister T, what is your favorite Cactus League stadium? What's your favorite one? I gotta know. Man, I think just spring training in general stadium. I have so many memories of a kid as a kid going to like Tempe Diablo and watching like the angels. Like I just, that seemed like a tradition every fucking spring that we did with like my family is we'd be out on that lawn as my parents would get fucking hammered. <laughs> we just be running around doing God knows what, but uh, yeah, man, I, I, I just, I think, driving by it when i do drive by it like it just brings back you know i'm making that loop on the i-10 which sucks right now because of all the construction but yeah dude that stadium that stadium brings back a lot a lot of memories because it has not changed very much like it still looks like it did in the early 2000s so yeah if i had to pick any of the actual like spring training or i mean the new like you go out to like glendale and stuff and you see some like the newer like facilities and all that you're like damn that's nice but man i don't know i just i think in, in the history of like the players would stay there at like the point south mountain and it was like this big thing back then so yeah that just for me it was like damn this is that's like big league shit like you're playing you know spring it's, it's just it's so big like as a kid and then seeing it now i'm like god the stadium's fucking tiny dude it's like it's not, but yeah, I'd say Tempe Diablo. That uh, that's gonna always hold a place in my heart. Uh, yeah, I think Tempe is always gonna be at the top of my list. I do remember seeing Ichiro Ichiro at Peoria Sports Complex. I would go with my grandma and grandpa. That was always something that I held dear, you know, to me. And then I do remember one time. I think it's called uh, American Family Fields of Phoenix now, which is where the Brewers play. I remember going to a night game because it was one of the one only night games that you ever that I've ever went to in spring training because normally everything's during the day, right? But Prince Fielder hammered this ball out to right center, and I was tracking it, man. I was right on top of it, but out there the slope is super heavy, and it had been raining earlier in the day. So I took one step wrong back, slipped down, and then the ball popped right behind me and some little girl scooped it before I could get back up, man. I'll never forget that. So those are probably my top three just because of all the memories that I had. I think I think Tempe Diablo Stadium is probably a consensus among like people our age just because that was really the only show in town within like a reasonable driving distance. You didn't have Sloan Park. You didn't have, what is it, Talking Stick Fields with the uh, Rockies and the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks were playing in Tucson. Everyone else seemed to kind of be fragmented out on, like, the north and the West Valley. Uh, but, yeah, now you, you do have a lot of options. I know the, the Cubs ballpark is almost impossible to get into down there in Mesa. And uh, Salt River Fields is always a good one, too. It's almost funny that you pay more for spring training tickets now than you do for an actual regular season game. It seems like... Diamondbacks are practically even still giving away their regular season games. It's such a big stadium. You can sell those upper level tickets for so cheap and still not sell it out on like a random night. So I think they're really smart for doing that. Get as many fans in the stadium as you can. But guys, I know we're all stoked uh, for spring training. 
I just I know we're winding down here. I just want to know if there's any other topics on your mind, anything you want to talk about. So we'll we'll go around the horn here. VSP Tallman, you got anything for the people? Is this our outro? Hey, outro or hey, if it sparks a conversation, we can keep going for a little uh, bit. Okay. I just wanted to uh shed some light on Chevin's uh comment about asking if Tallman won a ticket this season. That's not very nice, Chev. Not very nice, man. <laughs> the answer is no. No, no, we have not. We have not won one yet. We did not win the Super Bowl special two years in a row. I I'm like Gronkowski trying to kick a field goal, yet I'm trying to do that every single week during the season. So I don't know. Big changes though. Big changes are coming. We're in the 2.0 era, right? We're inching closer and closer, man. That's right, folks. 2.0. 2.0. I like it. So, Mr. Benjamin, are, are you excited for Tallman Ticket 2.0? Yes. Guys, I placed my first bets in five months on Sunday. Like, it's been that long. It was, it was exciting to get the juices flowing once again, putting down a parlay. Did any of them hit? Fuck no. Of course not. But... We had fun watching the Super Bowl. Um, I, I mean, man, I think we touched all of it, man. Everybody rolled through tonight. I appreciate all y'all guys, man. It's always a fun time to chat it up with you. Uh, I know we were talking about video games earlier today, and Hell Divers is one that apparently we got to ke- catch up on. I haven't looked into it too much, but I'll throw a blast for the past from you guys, man. It's the first time that I've had an actually working console in – I don't know, two years when I just got my PS5. So I'm going back and I'm playing the Assassin's Creed games. So I'm playing Assassin's Creed 2 right series. Good series. Right? This nostalgia overload right wow. now, man. It's yeah, been a good that. time. Very nice. Yeah, we might have to dust off the old uh, pop culture stream for the next round table coming up here. I mean, especially since... We won't really have too much baseball going on yet as they go through spring training this month. Basketball is kind of hitting that post-All-Star season lull. So maybe maybe the next one will be a good opportunity. I know uh, Mr. T Jr. would love to come on here and talk about some video games, avid gamer. But uh, we were alluding there to the, uh, the Tallman Ticket 2.0. Is there going to be a, some type of collaboration in the future maybe? There might be. We'll have to – we'll have to bruise – Early stages, Chris. Yeah, Early they, stages. we're we're the the drawing board still up. We'll see, see what kind of madness. I will say, dude, I had a my Super Bowl MVP Pat Mahomes five leg parlay did hit and win me seventy one dollars off ten bucks, and I did win two hundred twenty five dollars off Super Bowl squares. So there you go. It was good. It was good. Almost won five grand, but uh, oh God, what was it? I think it was the field goal at the end of the first because we were in one that was like a uh, with my fiance's family and stuff that was 5,000 per quarter. And he just splits it between like her and her two sisters. So we would have won like 1500 bucks. I'm sitting there sweating. I think they kicked like a field goal or something. I just fucking got mad, but we redeemed ourselves. Pat Mahomes showed up second half, did Pat Mahomes things. Uh, got me my 320 plus all passing ending with 333 yards. So we're good. We're good. It was fun, but uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Maybe I can teach him a couple things and not lose every fucking ticket. <laughs> Tallman, didn't you get screwed out on your squares too at the end of the third quarter? Was it because of that uh, that fumble on the punt? 
Oh, shoot. Um, yeah, I, I think it was. And then, because you, because uh, Matt, or I can't call him Mr. T Jr. Yeah, was, just call me your fly. Well, so I mean, I, I mean, I guess I can because I'm Mr. T Sr. So, Sr. You, oh, oh I, I, I got you, huh? Yeah, I got you. There. Are you trying to sell him right third. now? What? Yeah, you're him Mr. T the third. No, I, I don't. I don't identify like that. Um, <laughs> oh, man. She, she, um, her. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think it was it was the third quarter, and then I think that was the one uh, Matt ended up winning. Did you end, you end up winning that one? Dude, right? I walked home with cash. Yeah, <laughs> one twenty five for that one. Yeah, one twenty five for that, and then a hundred for the other one. And I was like, all right, fuck yeah, dude. And then Pat Mahomes was awesome. So I was, I didn't even know the Pat Mahomes thing hit until the next morning because I didn't like think to look at it because like the uh overtime and everything just was crazy and by that time i was like all right kids gotta get the fuck to bed uh but yeah this morning i saw it i was like oh let's walk it. or no monday morning i saw it, i was like let's fucking go pat <laughs> oh yeah well glad that one of the tallman's tickets is hitting too bad it wasn't the official tallman ticket nico man you got anything for the people before we get out of here uh i just want to say i hit on Reba McIntyre's uh, National Anthem time, I went over. I hit on the over on Taylor Swift appearances on television. And I also hit on the color of Gatorade. And had I parlayed them, I'd be a very rich man and wouldn't have to work. But I didn't parlay them. However, I will say, I would like to throw a little competition towards Tallman's Way, since we didn't win a ticket this year. You do Tallman's tickets, I'll do Nico's Nice Nets. We'll see who comes out with a dub first. Ooh, a challenge thrown down. Challenge accepted. That's all I got for you, boys. Nico, you got to do something for basketball, man. I'm I'm in dire need. Let's go. I got you. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We might have to. We might have to fuck around and start like a strictly wager stream where we just talk about sports bets. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about that off air. But Raymond. I'll pass it over to you next. What do you got? Yeah, man. Uh, I think uh, I think all sports are in a really good spot right now. Um, I think it's a great time to be an Arizona sports fan if you are. I think uh, to finally see some management, you know, put the money where their mouth is, go get some good players, you know, build some good talent. You know, I was so thrilled when I heard that Corbin Carroll was here for the long run and not traded away for a half-eaten bag of peanuts. I was very happy to hear that, so – I'm excited, man. I think at the end of the day, with when you got more competition, you got more people wanting to go for the big trophies, I think it makes sports a lot more fun and entertaining. And, you know, if I had to sit through a Draymond Green podcast to see, you know, Nurkic with the fire up his ass, then let's go for it, man. I'll uh, I'll suffer. So good, good times, man. Good times. Yes, sir. Plenty of things to talk about, and we will keep pushing. Ian. Last but certainly not least, what do you got, man? Uh, basketball season's just about over for me. Uh, I got baseball coming up. I'm excited about that. I, I try to stomach hockey, but really it's just waiting around for baseball. Yankees are going to be really good this year. American League East is going to be a fucking bloodbath. Uh, Diamondbacks are going to look really good, too. I'm actually really excited for their season. And yeah, I did want to call out since we were talking about Tempe Diablo Stadium. Do you know the commercial Shohei Otani where he's like, 
you know, dancing around. It's a New Balance commercial. Shot at Tempe Diablo Stadium. I can really? see, I can yes, see the was. ten in the Embassy Suites, uh, in the background. Every single time that commercial comes on, basically anytime I'm watching TV, it's on constantly. So I don't know. Fun tidbit. That's all I got. Interesting. I have not seen that commercial yet, but I'm pr- probably yeah. probably gonna go uh, check it. Oh, out. you you've seen that I'm commercial? I'm sure you've you seen have. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've seen it. Oh, okay. yeah. It's like that. You. We got now. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it just is it just Shohei Otani or are there other people? It's just, yeah, it's like a sky shot. Around. And he's like, he's, <laughs> like, he's, he's like, I just robbed the Dodgers. Let's go. side note though dudes uh i know you guys probably aren't really into ufc maybe some of you are uh march 9th sean o'malley cheeto vera uh fucking insanity talk about some good good fights on that card guys it's a ufc 299 so gonna be interesting i'm excited to see what ufc 300 i don't know who they've announced for that because i would imagine dana white's doing some fucking crazy shit for ufc 300 but yeah, uh, I'm betting the fucking house on Sean O'Malley. That's oh, what I was going to say. Bet everything you own on Sugar Sean. Yes. Yep. I think his last fight, me and Tallman won a little bit of coin betting on O'Malley. Oh, yeah. I won like 400 bucks on him. Dude, he's, he's crazy. A little scrawny. Well, he was a little scrawny <laughs> fuck. He's not very little and scrawny anymore. I guess he is. He's only 135. I'd fucking crush him. You. I don't I don't tend to follow UFC so much, uh, but I do appreciate it. I do like it. And I think for UFC 300, you would think that Dana White would put together something pretty, pretty spectacular. But yeah, guys, just really appreciate you hopping on. As always, you know, my co-hosts here are wonderful guests. You guys are now regulars. You've been dubbed regulars. So we expect you to come back every time we have a roundtable or anytime you're available. You know, we'll take what we can get. Um, but yeah, lastly, I just ha- also have to quickly mention um, for anyone who happened to still be here or listening back, we are giving away Suns tickets and you still have time to enter to win those Suns tickets. It is for the Suns versus Lakers game on Sunday, February 25th. The drawing is in 10 days on February 23rd. and We'll be selecting a winner. You can go to our Instagram page at AZ underscore VSP, where you can find out how to enter in our pinned post at the top of the page. And of course, on all of our social medias at AZ underscore VSP for Instagram, X.com, TikTok, and threads. Um, Also right here on YouTube, of course, Valley Sports Plug, or if you're listening back on Spotify, really wherever you find podcasts is where you'll find us. But that's my long-winded spiel. I'm Chris Patrick for VSP Tallman, Mr. Benjamin, and the crew. We'll see you next time. Peace.